Hello and welcome to the Falcon, a footy podcast. I'm your host, Clarky, and joining me, as always, I've got Jesse. I'm unprepared. I didn't know we were going to start. Let's do this. What part made you think that we weren't starting the, hey, let's get started, or the countdown? Mixture of the two. And I've got Chris. Hello. I was prepared. Sorry, just to interrupt before we introduce our esteemed guest, Chris, I think you and I need to have uh, a strong think about what our introductions should be. Because normally we both go, hello, <laughs> like Mrs. Doubtfire, <laughs> okay? I think we have to have a think of, of like a motto, a saying, a quip. I we'll did. It was, the motto was hello. That's uh, not good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> look, we'll let you guys cook for that. Hey, listeners, actually, if you want to suggest a catchphrase for Jesse and Chris, put it in the comments. They'll read anything. I'm going to listen to this podcast and then suggest hello. At least we'll get a listen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this week, we continue our team reviews, our team episodes, and we are talking about the blues. And now, when you think of blues, there's only one name I can think of that's synonymous with the blues. Eric Clapton? Andy Pat- Lee. Patrick Cripps. And we couldn't fucking get him, so we brought Lek on again. Lek, thank you for joining us. I own many of his belongings that are on my wall over there, so technically I could crack that open, put it on, and I'm basically Patty Cripps. For listeners at home, um, Lek just showed us a bag of trash that he stole from Patty Cripps' house. <laughs> I tell you, that man's in some carbonara, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's weird. It was like a brown paper bag that was leaking. <laughs> it was both wet and dry at the same time. I don't know how this works. But Lek, you're, you're well known for being a blues man. On, on Twitter, in all your circles, you're, you're the guy. Not only do you have hot takes on drafts, you also got hot takes on blues. But I want to talk about, why do you go for the blues? Why, how did that happen? Uh, I mean, I guess I always did. Uh, family was 50-50 Carlton, 50-50 Collingwood. My dad was Carlton, so I guess I got that. But I and I wasn't going to tell that. Well, I was debating whether I tell this story. There was a period where I wasn't a Carlton supporter. Whoa, uh, scandal! Exclusives. Holy shit! Yeah. So in I think it was prep. We had to. I've got this distinct memory of we had to. There was a frog. We printed out a frog, and you had to do the thing where you fold the bits of paper to make the the bouncy legs. And I yeah. remember sitting there, and everyone was talking about what team they went for. And so every time they said a team, I changed my team. And so I had this frog that had like six or seven different color schemes on it. I, at this point, didn't actually know what football was. I was just doing what everyone else was doing. And then for a couple of days there, I, I went home and I told Dad, I was like, oh, at school, everyone goes for Essendon, so I go for Essendon now. And then his his mate bought me an Essendon Guernsey. Yes. And then I don't remember what the threat was or how serious it was, but it was very clear that after that, I was not an Essendon supporter. I don't. I kind of blacked out of what that exchange was. Anyway, I've been a Carlton supporter since, but it, it was really 2003, really 2003. <laughs> the close friend is now in the dirt. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, to be honest with you, the close friend, Dad is now, uh, now with his ex-wife. So I guess Dad truly did take it to heart. Got him. Like <laughs> about my son. Fuck your wife. Get dunked on. They were married at the time. Um, so, but 2003, like, da- 
And it all started with a paper frog. <laughs> Potentially. So not necessarily directly related to that. In about Seeing 2000. The effect is fucking <laughs> crazy. Well, in 2002, like my parents got divorced. Don't know if it was related to all the, the other stuff. Yeah. And then as we something can only to assume. do, the, the club had obviously just been fined for the salary cap breach, has lost all their players. And dad was like, well, this is something we can do on the weekend. So since 2003, I basically haven't missed a game. Wow, that's that's amazing. And look, as somebody who is a uh, close friend, it brings me joy seeing pictures of you and your dad at every game that you go to. Yeah, every game we upload a selfie. We're not allowed to smile uh, and we're not allowed to have the the ground in the photo. It has to be the empty seats or the confused people behind us because that's the rules. I like now knowing that you purposely don't smile in them. I just thought you had a very serious dad. (laughs) I've never seen him smile. <laughs> like I don't want to. I don't want to like let you let that confuse you. I've never seen him smile, but I'm sure he's capable of it. Hey, look deep down. Deep when down. you guys get that flag, I'm sure he'll. There'll be a smirk. Yeah, <laughs> well, a smirk and a single tear. If the Melbourne game's anything to go by, there'll be lots of tears, mostly from me. But uh, yes, no. So that's my favorite thing to do since 2003. I go to the football with Dad. We don't talk on the way in, we don't talk at the game, and we don't talk on the way home. It's the perfect system. <laughs> and the cats and yeah, the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blues. Oh, shit. Segway. <laughs> Got it. Lek, t- tell us, what, what are some of your, your earliest memories of the baggers? Uh, going to Prince's Park and getting a baked potato was pretty pretty big feature of most of my weeks as a kid uh eddie betts i once bumped into him i remember being surprised because i was a child and i was very similar height to him and he did not want to talk to me (laughs) he's a lovely human who i have spoken to since but he was chatting to a woman which i now in hindsight realize is his wife probably interrupted him uh football wise on the field probably brendan favola running at quarter time through the collingwood huddle and starting a fight with i think it was alan didak and just started throwing punches which i believe um believe pratt paid that fine uh the andrew walker mark which i've got on my wall over carlisle there's a few there's a few moments that pop up do you think that do you look back fondly on on those eras, those early eras of the Blues, like with a a childlike sense of wonder and a lack of cynicism that comes with watching football for multiple years? Yeah, so I do. I I had no idea about how to manage an AFL club. I had no idea like what was good and what was bad. I just liked Cade Simpson because he was skinny and he wore sleeves, and I liked Brent Thornton because he was goofy, and Ryan Houlihan because he was shit. Paul Bauer, because he was he had weird tattoos. Like I didn't realize they were all just mostly awful players. So <laughs> now that I look back on it with a, a burning hatred and anger, but at the time it was quite a cathartic experience going to the footy and not having to worry about it. What were your thoughts on Lance Whitnell? Uh, we were big big Lance Whitnell fans. Saw, saw him at the Melbourne game. Was sitting behind him, a lovely bloke. When they gave him captain and he couldn't walk was probably a bold decision, <laughs> but uh, no, I sort of got the back end of Lance Whitnell and the same with Cooter and that. So like Fev was probably the first superstar that I I got to watch. Uh, Clark and Chris, just when uh, Lek mentions the stories of being a child, are you picturing him with a moustache as well? 
Yeah. Yeah. And bo- like, and in my head, he's just a smaller version, and now he's holding two baked potatoes, and he's running around <laughs> getting in between Eddie Betts and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm pretty sure Lech has never, never not had the mustache. Came out of the womb in a blues hat and a mustache. The womb broom. That's why they call it that. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. Excellent. (laughs) Copyright that. Now, look, it's going to be hard to narrow it down, but I want to get some some top memories that you have of the Carlton Football Club. Talk us through them. Top memories of the Carlton Football Club. I mean- What fills you with joy? (sighs) There was a lot of Chris Judd moments that filled me with joy. The goal against Richmond in the elimination final, that filled me with joy. Winning the Wizard Home Loan Cup, which I know you guys talked about last Elf, week. The, pres- the most prestigious cup in all of football. No, that's the Ansett Australia Cup, Clarky. Are Wizard we not Home talking about was- Come on. The Wizard Home Loan Cup was a big deal for us. Like I'd never seen really our team win anything. So to, to go and see confetti shoot out of cannons and to see the guys hold up a big trophy, I was Really excited. I I talk shit on it, but I actually have similar feelings because I remember we won it around 2006 or 2007. It's when Barry Hall was playing for us, and um, oh, I yeah, forgot we, that happened. We, oh. <laughs> we won it, and it was also like it was the first thing that we'd won in about 50 years. So I was stoked on it. It's uh, like it's fun, particularly if you're a kid. It's like, hey, something's happening. I don't understand, but something's happening. A lot of my memories are sort of tied to more recent eras, to be honest. Like, you know, when when we won two games in a year and we finally beat GW uh, Port Adelaide at home. Was it Port Adelaide? Yeah. And we, and like, I remember cheering for us to just get the ball out of bounds and keep throwing it in. And for five minutes, we just kept getting the ball out of bounds. And then finally, the siren went. Great moment. Beating GWS. I think I don't know if it was twenty eighteen around that that time by like a point. And me running around the house naked. There's a lot of me running around the house naked. When we, when, um, oh, I mean, last last year, Melbourne, like, literally broke down in tears. As soon as Blake Akers kicked the goal, I, like, lost the ability to use my legs. And my dad had to hold me up. And I was just bawling my eyes out because I'd never, the most success I've ever seen. Um, you know, Jack, Jack Noon's goal after the siren. Jack Noon's goal after the siren during COVID. I remember being like, he took the mark and they gave 50 and I was so salty. We'd lost the game because we played so shit. I punched the wall of my rental stupidly and was, and I don't have an anger problem, but I did punch the wall of my rental. I was like, this fucking guy, he can't fucking kick. Jesus Christ. And then I walked back in and he was in the motions of kicking and it went through and I just like pretended I'd always loved him and never said a bad word about him. So I, I don't know. I've got lots of memories. It's all it's all muddled up in my big brain. Yeah, I remember I remember watching that Melbourne game. Uh, I was happy for you, right? Like I think success in the in the modern era, and we're talking like maybe the last. I I have only been footy conscious for say let's say you know four years. Sort of now, and I Carlton have always been kind of on that on that brim of like mm, they could be good, but they're just not. And I think this year really felt good. I think for for Carlton as an as an outsider looking in. I think uh, you know there's this historical hatred for Carlton because they used to be the the big club and they just paid everyone and won all the flags and they were really smug. But we've got this entire generation. That's what we do. 
over at Blue Abroad and Pom in Oz. We've got this whole generation of people that have literally never seen us prior to this year win anything, let alone a premiership. Like they've never seen us win more games than we've lost. So there's this entire generation of people that understand there's a history and a hatred, a historical hatred, but don't really get why because we've never experienced success or 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 being a good club. So it's nice to have turned that corner and finally have the club performing to level where we thought they should have been for the last two years. Like the reason we were so upset when we lost whatever it was, seven of the first eight, or I can't remember how many it was, six in a row. The reason everyone was so upset is because we knew we were better and then finally they actually delivered it just in a really difficult way. So I, I'm, I get that there's always going to be rivalry and hatred for Carlton because they're a big club and blah, 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 and they've got lots of supporters, but there's this entire current generation of people who actually just, which is like, we just want to see us kick more goals at the other team sometimes. Well, so, so I'd love to talk about that from your perspective. So this year, particularly when you guys were on your losing streak, it got really dark. It, it was funny. Like. Yeah, it was, it was very funny. It was very funny. It was funny, but also, I mean, like, for, for me personally, right, like, it highlighted a lot of things. I'm like, I get it, right? Like, I've I've cried when Melbourne have lost close games, like, in the regular home and away season, and I cried when we got knocked out of the finals this year and last year. Like, I, I, like I don't, I get the whole emotional connection that we get to our clubs and to the results, but, like, microwaving memberships, like, hurling abuse, like, you know, and obviously Melbourne as well, we... I, I feel that like we've got our own history with that. Like, where do you sit on those kinds of reactions? Do you think they need to be more measured? Is it just Mm. a vocal minority of fuckheads or is it, is it justified to a point? Uh, Look, it's a vocal minority of fuckheads for sure, but I absolutely support their uh, passion, passion and their choice to do that. Like I think, Yes, when you contextualise it, it's a bunch of children and slightly younger men than us or me running around on a field kicking a ball. So yelling at them for any reason is dumb, but sport is dumb. I think it, I think people have the right to yell whatever the fuck they want. They have to answer the consequences of that and they have to. there might be repercussions for what they yell, but I think they've got the right to do it. Would I do it? No. I was in a really dark place and I actually wanted to start stop for not just football reasons, but I, and I wanted to stop doing content, but we sort of worked through it and we said, well, no, because if we stop, then, um, you know, who, what's the outlet everyone else is going to have? I think part of the reason there's this massive attention on how Carlton fans reacted, there's like literally 30 Carlton podcasts of differing uh, success levels, but all generally with pretty big followings. There's about four or five YouTube channels there's a bunch of fan pages. Like there, there's so much content. If you were are a Carlton fan, there's enough content out there to last you every single day of the week. So that's it's probably amplified through that. And also, it was just they underperformed to the expectations that everyone had. And I think those expectations were justified with the second half of the season. They perform, that's what we expected. And then they were doing the opposite to that. And there was no way out as well. So. At that point, we've traded out future assets. Everyone signed to long-term deals. They got a new coach. They've got a whole new set of coaching stuff. Literally, there was no levers to pull other than gut the whole thing or the option they chose, play better. So, yeah, there was a lot of response, but I think I think all it was all valid in one way or another. Like I said, if you're going to be a dickhead and lean over the fence and yell and hurl shit at them, 
there's going to be consequences. But I, you're right. They should be able to punch you. I, hey, I, mate, I, you're talking to somebody who sits on the fence at Marvel Stadium and um, the MCG. I've had the in-play controlling umpire stop and turn around and look at me in the eyes before in a game, and that's when I truly felt like, oh, these Fear. are real people out there. So, <laughs> like, I get it. They should be able to punch us. I think they absolutely should be allowed to come over the fence and start bashing people. Is SEN still screening your calls? <laughs> well, it's funny, SEN, because uh, a few of the people that work at SEN now do the Carlton content I was just talking about. So all of us, Pommy and, and Terry and Paolo, and like everyone's a regular on SEN. They, they love having Carlton content. I think they probably love it more when they lose, though, to be honest. Don't oh, we Because they're fucking cooked. <laughs> fucking deranged some of the stuff I heard this year. It, as an, look, Essendon and Carlton are obviously a traditional rivalry. It's one of the annoying things because I actually really like your plays this year. Like, you have a lot of really likable plays. I just hate, you know, your um, history. <laughs> everything everything prior to this year, detestable. That's fair enough. Like, to be honest, I think as, a, as an organization, as a, as a fan base, as a sport, we do a really bad job on the history piece. I know more about the NBA history than Carlton Football Club's history, to be honest. And I spend every waking minute doing Carlton content and, rec- and doing, you know, list analysis and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not, I'm not in the history stuff. I don't know anything about it. I don't really have access to it. Or if there is access to it, I haven't found it. So uh, I don't get it. I understand why it's there, but I don't get it personally. I fucking, I hate Essendon, right? And this is going to be mean, Jesse. And Jesse. But I don't actually think about Essendon, right? Bullshit I think about you, Collingwood. Don't. I think about Collingwood because they've done something recently. But <laughs> it, like Essendon, to be honest, I, I went through this phase. They win a few games and he thinks he's fucking Don Draper in the lift. <laughs> you think about us all the time, okay? See, this is the <laughs> issue with Essendon fans. They really believe that and that's why it's not a rivalry as much as they think it is. Hey. <laughs> Then you wouldn't be so desperate for our seconds. Enjoy Orazio, okay? I've been waiting to pull that one out. That's thirds at this point. Yeah, look, support doesn't count. Yeah, we've got such a bad history of bringing your players in and turning them into all Australians. Adam Saad, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) This is fantastic. I'm glad I edit this podcast and cut cut it all. (laughs) I'm just going to keep saying Will Setterfield just periodically. It's gonna, this this is podcast is going to be four minutes long. It's just going to be like being like, I ate a lot of baked potatoes. <laughs> then Chris will say something and it'll be done. Yeah. This is fantastic to have a guest. I'm taking the piss a little bit, but the only team I, I think about really is Collingwood. And it's not like I'm sitting there thinking about, about them all the time, but like Essendon, I like beating them. We're only playing you, I think, once next year. We always mm. play Collingwood twice. I actually think we've got a better rivalry with Fremantle at the moment than we do <laughs> Essendon. And that maybe that's biased because we beat Fremantle twice a year pretty much every year. But still, like, I don't know. Richmond's probably second. And, again, outside of them bandwagon fans jumping on for a couple of years, who really gives a shit about Richmond fans? I think he's calling your team irrelevant, Jesse. This is very funny to have a guest come on and then just go, Essendon, I don't know her. <laughs> Look, I knew, I knew something would happen. I knew something would happen, I, I, and, I, and I knew I would take the bait as well. But I want to expand on what you said, though. Um, Clarky with Melbourne and Chris with whatever team you follow. Um, <laughs> do you feel like you have like a new modern day rivalry? Because I I kind of agree. Like when Carlton Essen plays, it's great, but it's like eh. 
whatever. Ours, ours is 100% GWS at the moment. Oh, it yeah. It has been since, what was it, 2000, the 2016 final when we beat him in the prelim. Ever, ever since then. I lost a lot of money that day. Well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> ever since then, it's been that's been our modern day rivalry. And you can tell, like, the players don't like each other. They get up for it each game. There's digs at each other. There's little fights and scraps that, from the moment that the siren goes. So that's 100% our rivalry. I feel like Melbourne's modern-day rivalry is goal-kicking. Oh, I was going to say it's Melbourne's current-day rival winning a final, but I realised like I'm throwing a big rock in a very, very glass house. Yeah. Winning, a fi- winning a final. 2021 was not that long ago. If you drink as much as I do, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I think, know, I'm, I'm just looking at the list of all the, all the teams. I do obviously. I do hate Essendon. I I, I can thank, bring it within you. myself to hate them, but like Collingwood, I have a burning desire, and I wish bad things for their supporters, their players, their staff, uh, ex players, like anyone who's been involved. Like with we're the not club FEM. Anyway. You can't call in with them. <laughs> Tune in next week when we talk to Collingwood supporters. <laughs> <laughs> and. But I imagine that's amplified because uh, of family reasons and recent success. But if you do talk to Carlton fans, particularly younger ones, Essendon is their biggest rival. Like Terry, who runs Blue Abroad, he often says that Essendon is his biggest rival rather than Collingwood. So it, it probably depends who you ask. I just, yeah, again, Collingwood, uh, Essendon, who gives a fuck? All right. I do. So <laughs> I'm going to move it on before Jesse snaps back at you again. <laughs> I have nothing, though. I have nothing. Just say that you know me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about some of your favourite players. I I want to hear some of your favourite players, past, present, ever living. It's funny. I I often say that Patrick Cripps isn't my favourite player, but then I look around the room. I've got a signed Guernsey. I've got a signed uh, Wings photo. I've got a signed Brownlow medalist winning one. So I guess he'd be up there. His historical favorite, Cade Simpson. Cade Simpson, love yeah. Cade Simpson. He's just awesome. My love of sleeves comes from Cade Simpson. Just showed up in and out every day, every game. Most losing player in history. Absolutely love him. Michael Jamison is someone who I think if you're a if you're a deep cut mid two thousands Carlton fan, Michael Jamison, someone we love. Brett Vivola. Yeah, I remember doing primary school. I think it was grade six. They're like, we were doing some bullshit. You had to do like a, who's your hero? Do a poster about them. And I did like Brendan Favola. And I imagine that 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 would have been pretty close to the time he was sending nudes of people in the shower and like (laughs) getting out on the piss and losing all his money and gambling. But I just fucking loved him because he could kick a footy through the big sticks. So, And then Eddie Betts is one that I've got a really tough relationship with because he was my favorite player. They kind of shipped him out or he left. I still loved him at at Adelaide and he was really good there. And then he came back and I was really happy because I was like, oh, we're bringing him back. He'll play a couple of games and then we'll we'll say, see you later, Eddie. It'll be a bit romantic. And then they, David Teague played him every fucking game for a year and a half and he <laughs> was not good as much as I love him. So, um, th- I mean, there are a few of them. It's, I was there through the whole Mark Murphy, Bryce Gibbs rebuild. I mentioned Brett Thornton before. He was another good player. Um yeah, I don't know. Current day, I don't really have a current favourite. I love Jack Martin, probably because he's a bit of an underdog. Uh, and the final one I'll leave you with is, is definitely Sam Doherty, who yeah. when we traded for him, I spent all my book allowance, my uni 
book allowance on a signed Guernsey of his. He played like one game for us and I've still got it. It's like my fat prize possession because he's obviously become a multi-all-Australian slash multi-type cancer survivor slash all-around just fucking hero. So Sam Doherty's a, a, a he he made me that that's maybe the the first time I ever cried at the footy was when he kicked that goal in the in his comeback game against uh, Richmond from I think it was outside fifty. Anyway, there's a few names. In hindsight, and Chris, I'm sure you can agree with me. It was a bad idea to put Jesse in charge of this section this week, given the intense rivalry that goes <laughs> at least one way. <laughs> Leck, we're going to discuss Carlton's team vibes. Like, yeah, I, okay. I'm taking it off the blinders here, okay? Because, like I said, I actually don't mind Carlton. To- oh, I'm, I'm, I'm faking it. I'm putting on air <laughs> at the moment. Fucking. Uh, All right. Look at yourself. You've already Say said what it you mean, you coward. You already said it earlier in the podcast. You can't act like the rivalry's there now. Um. Okay. Your club song is an absolute banger. I think it's one of the most fun songs to sing. That little building, that bap, bap, bap. Fantastic. However, did some research into it. So, I don't know. You don't, don't want to do that. Yeah, you don't want, <laughs> you don't want to do I, that. I, I, I could have told you that. I did some research and then there was a record, like a record scratch moment and I skipped to the next topic. So the song was written in 1930 by, by cousins Irene McEldrew and Agnes Wright, um, who ran a boarding house for several of the club players. When I've pictured them, they are Patty and Selma from The Simpsons because, <laughs> I don't know, they're just... Cousins who run a boarding house, just there's something rough. There's something rough about that. And it gets rougher. Um, the song, <laughs> uh, you know, the tune is based on is is, is a racist song. It's often performed mm. in blackface. So that's when I stopped researching that. Yeah, that comes up occasionally. It did. Occasionally that'll come up. Yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. Like, to be fair, a lot of old football stuff, modern racism. It, 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 to be fair... A lot of modern day stuff also in AFL. So it's a running theme. I'm surprised you think the song's a banger. Most people, that's their one thing they try and pull the, the blues down about is the song. Are you kidding me? Okay, Clark and Chris, what do you think about the song? Uh, it's, it's okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't use it as a point against the supporter, but it's good. It's okay. Here's the thing, the right? Though. I don't think I have anything specifically against the song, but fucking hate hearing it because it's obnoxious as fuck which is exactly <laughs> which is exactly what a football song should be right I like, and I, I, yeah like that but oh man if i hear a but da, 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 i want to punch a dude like it's on site like <laughs> <laughs> it probably helps that every time you hear it there's about a hundred thousand people singing oh let's let's be fair eighty thousand people singing it when it's a melbourne game now carlton often referred to it as, as the baggers they have gone by a few um different names in the past. I often call I often call them the cunts. But prior to 1871, <laughs> the club was known informally as the Butchers. I guess they couldn't kick straight. Hey, Melbourne could take that. Um, however, after World War II, the club... Brief- the fuck is this a roast? <laughs> Jesse like, struck a nerve earlier with Jesse. He's on the warpath. <laughs> roast, roast master general Jesse Mar- <laughs> I'm lashing out at everyone. I'm in the corner. Um, yeah. You can't see it. He's like shaking out like a boxer. Like, just duck and weave, duck and weave. Got him. After World War II, the club briefly considered changing its nickname to the Cockatoos. But this never eventuated, obviously. Uh, this is due to an actual Cockatoo that used to come to games. His name was Cocky Ma. 
who would attend every Carlton game at Prince's Oval. Now, I did some research. Just, I, I went, was he a ticket holder? I, <laughs> it's Andy Mars' dad. That explains a lot. Cocky Mars, Andy Mars' evil twin. <laughs> um, I did some deep diving here, and I found a news report from the Adelaide Advertiser from November 30th, 1939. So I get to do my old-timey voice. Melbourne, November 29th. The Carlton Football Club was in mourning over the loss of its mascot, Cocky Ma. He died on Tuesday, age 43. 43 years old, he was a bird. <laughs> what? Yeah, co- Hang co- on. Wait, what animal was this? Cockatoo. Cockies and galahs live a long oh, time. Cockatoo. In yeah. my head, I thought he was a rooster. So that was fucked up. <laughs> cockatoo, I can get my well, head. gave you that idea. Well, me methane cockatoo like four times. <laughs> well, because don't they go cock-a-doodle-doo, right? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> We're peered into the Carlton mind. <laughs> right, I, 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 now, I now under, I'm less right. shocked now. Now I, I need to get back into character. Now I need to get back into character. <laughs> For more than thirty years, this enthusiastic cockatoo was one of Melbourne's busiest and noisiest and best-known football followers. He rarely missed the match in which Carlton was engaged, and he needed no prompting to scream with delight when his side scored a goal. He went to matches with his owner, Mister Bob Saint Mar of Carnegie, who had never wondered. When the tram would reach Prince's Oval, Cocky knew to stop well and would cry, Here we are, Bob! He always knew. When Harry Valance was near the ball, up there, Soapy, he would scream. <laughs> Can cockatoos talk, Chris? You seem to be on some sort of cockatoo page. Can you just ver- verify this, these um, facts from the Ad- Adelaide Advertiser 1939? We're now across to avian expert Chris Lowry. <laughs> um, the, the only experience I have is that my parents had a galah. Did you for Google that? 15, for about 15 years, which <laughs> they, they rescued it because it was on the lawn with a broken wing. Uh, oh. And it could talk. It could say hello and a few other words. And, and said, ow, my wing. Yeah. <laughs> and said, um, let me go. I did recently watch a video about, like, the Giddis record for the, the, the most words a parrot knew. And it was, like, one parrot learnt, like, 85 words. It wasn't, I think it was that same parrot. Didn't it have the same IQ as, like, a six-year-old or a four-year-old or something? That's what they say. Because it could do puzzles and shit. Like, it could figure things out as well. I'm Googling parrot most words. 1995, a budgery guy named Puck was credited by Guinness World. I was way off records as having the largest vocab of any bird at 1,728 words. And there's videos of this thing. And it would like you'd kill yourself six minutes in because it's just talking the whole time. <laughs> you just get in the office of better. I fucked your wife. <laughs> and I'll do it again. Why is it why is it still that voice? That voice is gonna be a running theme throughout all of these episodes. But anyway, back to Cocky Miles. Guys, some decorum, some respect for Cocky. When the other side scored, his crest would fly over his beak and he would cry, Who told you you could umpire? At a match between Richmond and Carlton about three years ago, Cocky's enthusiasm attracted the attention of Lord Huntingfield. Cocky kissed the governor, the Lord Mayor, and other members of the Vice Regal Party, then resumed his barracking with, Give us a fair go, umpy. I'm sorry, but I do not believe any of this. this, um, th- th- Chris, this cockatoo went to every game and would know when the tram had to stop and then kiss the governor. And called out, Do you know how to, something about the umpires? Do you know how to umpire? <laughs> He was the proto-lek yelling at the umps. <laughs> he stopped doing it when, when the field umpires turn around and, and, and Cocky realised he was human. 
I just want to throw some this. I don't know if this is going to help belief of the story or not, but I, I've pulled up a page. Australian galahs can talk, not as well as other as other parrots. The yellow crested cockatoo is rated as a fair to good talker, and the long billed corella is described as a very clear talker. So there is evidence that they can talk. Sometimes it's a bad thing that just anyone can start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, for a Carlton fan, this one was pretty intelligent. <laughs> now, over the years, um, Carlton have had some pretty fucked up mascots, including Blue Ruckle. Are you guys uh, uh, familiar with Blue Ruckle? Please, <laughs> no. please use your Google uh, listeners at home. Open up your list of advice. And what, do I, what do I Google? Blue? Blue Ruckle. Like go- is this Are, like getting someone to Google, Google Blue Waffle? Holy Are we, are we shit. getting tricked here? Okay, Blue, Blue Ruckle, he looks like Kevin Rudd if his body washed up on the shore. I need. I don't know what, how to spell Ruckle, believe it or not. Uh, look, spell it however you need to. Like, fuck, like Fuckle with an R. Yeah, it looks R- like it's possessed. Blue Ruckle. I'm pretty sure the next Conjuring movie is about this guy. Yeah, it looks like it's possessed. A real puffy face, like sick in the legs. Oh. He's awful. <laughs> Oh, that's definitely it. Oh, oh. God. The Someone describe like- what we're looking at. I can't. This is <laughs> fucked. He looks like if they had to have like a pedophile character in the Mighty Boosh. So, <laughs> so, so I don't know if we're all looking at the same picture, right? So there's three children in the foreground that's at the a one. desk and they look terrified. Hang on. I don't have the children. I've just got him waving a flag and, and pointing his finger in the air. <laughs> you know, the, the one with the kids is is horrific. Those kids the are eyes. The eyes are doing something. Before we describe images too much on this audio medium, um, <laughs> Carlton also had a few other goes at you know different mascots. They had the Blues Brothers for a while. So they had a group of guys dressed up as the Blues Brothers and they would perform before the show and they had these like big, giant, gloved hands. No real idea what that was about. Um, but they have settled at the moment on Captain Carlton, who also looks like a bit of a pervert. And Navy Nina. Oh, Navy Nina. I don't know. Navy Nina for the Ava Dub. No, she's just the female mascot for the for the Ooh. men, and she uh, she she's popular amongst the boys. Uh, I always argued though that she should have just been Captain Carlton, and that we that because um, women can be cult, can be captains too. Just, just there's there's related images popping up. Did at some point Carlton have cheerleaders? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. The bluebirds, I believe, is what they were called. Oh. And we've kind of bought them back, but it's weirder because oh, okay. some of them are children now. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> I'm glad you said that before I started making jokes. Mm. <laughs> don't, bring, don't bring Blue Ruckle back with them, for the love of God. No, the uh, the Carlton cheers, cheerleaders, or the, I, think, I think they're the bluebirds. They get... Uh, there's many big fo- fo- footy thorum, forums with them uh, being discussed in there. Uh. And also, I had to look at some of your your famous supporters. So it's a, it's a mixed bag. Um, Megan Gale, Danny Minogue, Vince Colosimo, good for mm-hmm. him. Um, Red Simons, Andy Lee, Dave Hughes, who's a you know aforementioned cunt. Uh, also, yep. Al- Alice Cooper. Yeah, uh, we've obviously got um, Robbie Williams, who's probably the the biggest one. He did go for Sydney for a while. I'm not considering a Carlton supporter just yet. Mate, he's making songs about us. Yeah, he's very big on Carlton at the moment. He's he was talking about it recently. Bandwagon up. Become enamoured with Carlton and the AFL. Pretty sure Red Simons was uh was went to my high school. There you go. How old are you? I didn't go with him. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> 
Oh, all right. Well, speaking of red thumbs, I've been gonged. So, Clarky, who's <laughs> next? <laughs> all right. So. Sorry, Clarky, that sigh is the exact sound somebody should make after my segments. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Hello, this feels like a really long podcast. How long in are we? Oh, fuck, we're only like 35 minutes in. <laughs> we're yeah, just right. starting, so baby. So good some more. We're going to move on to Chris. Chris. Yes. You're, you're going to take us through some of the highs. The grand finals, if you will. Like, you'll be pleased with this stroll down memory lane, I hope. Some of the highs, we're actually going to start off on a low. So, last Yay! finals appearance. Yay! <laughs> 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 I hate it. Last finals appearance was uh, obviously this year losing to Brisbane in the prelim. Sorry, can I just interrupt there? This is really cruel because Chris hasn't done this for any other team so far. <laughs> I've listened. <laughs> you talk about like wizard cups and stuff like that last week and this week you're like, hey, remember the prelim? It was only like six weeks ago. Prior to this, Carlton fans were a little bit unbearable, as we mentioned. <laughs> 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 we can't do this, Africans. <laughs> okay. A few days from now, you're going to hear on SCN. I'm on this bloody <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing your iTunes in the microwave. <laughs> like we mentioned earlier, they were a bit unbearable. Um, in the space of about six weeks, you went from microwaving memberships, abusing players, providing the uh, the funniest talkback radio segments that we've ever heard. Uh, to claiming that the lid was off and basically wanting a statue of Michael Voss put out the front of Prince's Park. What was what was the go there, like? Uh, well, as I said, sort of like we probably won the, the amount of games we thought we'd win as a collective fan base for the year. We just did it in the wrong order. Uh, we were bottom four, as I mentioned before, with no way out. I, I wasn't as upset at quarter time of the Gold Coast game, which is where I think we we didn't kick a goal and everyone was like, oh, fuck, another week of this. You could tell we were trying to do something a little bit differently. And yeah, we basically didn't lose from there until we kind of rested a bunch of players in the last round. Um, the Brisbane game, I'd say, I'd say getting the finals wasn't enough. Winning a final probably honestly wasn't enough, but winning two finals like really cemented probably our belief in the club, what we what we thought they'd be able to do. We were five goals up. I was watching at Icon Park on the big screen. We were five goals up at quarter or just before the end of the quarter uh, against Brisbane. I think they kicked a goal at the very end of the first quarter. Yeah, and I they said, did. Yeah, and I, I turned it out. I said, hey, uh, we're not getting grand final tickets. So there was just – it was unsustainable and we'd been up for so long. It wasn't like being negative to kind of protect ourselves. You just – when you watch this club as closely as we do, as, as the fans do, you just know. And it pretty much went how we we thought it would. I don't think there was many people who truly believed, particularly if not after that goal, after the uh, the second and third goal. I don't think there's many people that thought we we're going to win that. But it wasn't like the spirits were still really high at the game. Even afterwards, everyone was pretty up and about. There was a standing ovation for the players. Every no one really left early. So like. Vibes were really high. Um, obviously, there's a lot of pressure now moving into this year as a result. But uh, I would say I had us winning 15 games for the year in my preseason sort of predictions, and I, I think we won 15 in the end with finals and a draw. So, yeah, pretty pretty content. I I didn't take that loss badly at all. If we'd lost to Melbourne, personally, I would have been sh- absolutely shattered. 
I I actually will say that after that loss, there wasn't like the kind of usual Carlton thing of jumping up and down and and being pissed off at it. Fans were legitimately happy that the team actually showed some fight after a shit start to the season and got to a point that they probably didn't think they would get to it after round 11. Um, so, yeah, I would agree with you there. Now, moving on to to some happier times. Uh, speaking, we'll, we'll kind of say happier times. Uh, speaking about the premierships, equal most amount of VFL and AFL premierships with 16 tied with Collingwood and Essendon. Uh, obviously a hell of an achievement. Uh However, only two of those 16 flags have been won in the last 40 years, with one being in, with the last one being in 1995, almost 30 years ago. Do you, have you kind of, I'd assume you've kind of at some point gone back and watched the 1995 grand final. I don't, don't want to assume you'd probably have any memories from it. But <laughs> no, I, I how don't. How old is Red Simons? I was, I was two at the time. If, if that. What were your memories? I was two. Uh, I actually have more vague memories of the, what was it, the 99 prelim? can't remember. I've got vague childhood memories of that being on in the background. But, um, no, look, I don't have any memories of 95. I've watched it. I've actually watched, I've got them all on VHS. We used to go up and watch them at Grandad's house. That's what you did. You went to Grandad's, you went to the farm, and he put on one of the old VHSs of, yeah, nice. of the finals. It took me literally until this year because I had them set up and displayed in, in the study. I was looking at him. I was like, well, we've got 16 flags. Why don't we have 16 VHSs? <laughs> uh, 1906, 1907, 1908, 1914, 15, 38, 45, 47. Okay. I, now, in hindsight, probably pretty obvious why there's not VHSs of all those games. They're the cockatoo that can recite every detail of those games, though. <laughs> Rest in peace, Bluey McCocker or whatever it's called. Bluey McCocker. To his friends. <laughs> Cousin of Joe Cocker. Um, on to the, the 1995 grand final. Um, so I was looking. <laughs> Jesse's just disappeared off the screen. Um, I was looking into the 1995 grand final and kind of going back down memory lane. Uh, some interesting points from that that particular grand final. The pre-match entertainment was Tina Arena. Simply the best. Simply the best. Who I believe is also a card supporter. That's Tina Turner. Clarky. <laughs> I don't know the difference. <laughs> don't pretend that I do. <laughs> uh, the Channel 7 commentary team was a star-studded lineup of Sandy Roberts, Ian Robertson, Malcolm Blight, and Robert DiPier Domenico. Oh, Dipper. Good lineup. Good lineup. Uh, Carlton controlled the game from the start, beating Geelong by a very comfortable 61 points. There was at no point did Geelong kind of attempt a fight back. Uh, Norm Smith medal was won by Greg Diesel Williams, 31 disposals, kicked five goals, three. And he was also at this point, the first player in AFL VFL history to win a Brownlow Premiership medallion and a Norm Smith in his career. He was the first player to do it. There you go. Home achievement. Uh, the game was most notable for Stephen Silvani keep, keeping Gary Ablett Sr. goalless. Big effort. Finished with just the three behinds. Uh, there was an all-in brawl that erupted at halftime that involved Billy Browns. Uh, and probably the most notable thing, which uh, Peter Dean attempting to jump over the railing of the podium in celebration when, when accepting his premiership medallion, but instead falling completely on his ass. And it is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So... With the 1995 grand final, obviously it's been it's been about 30 years since that. 
wanted to kind of go over some some notable notable events that have happened around that time <laughs> uh, and since Carlton's last premiership. Just can so we I, d- I don't want to I don't want to interrupt. You know, last week when you did this segment, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about nine eleven. <laughs> Because you were like, and something happened a little earlier that year. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, they're going to talk about September 11. And speaking of hitting the post, another thing happened that year. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky it didn't go that we way. Spoiler alert like for anyone who hasn't heard we the Brisbane episode. Like <laughs> we didn't speak about 9-11. Someone hit the big red button. <laughs> Uh, some notable events that happened around the time of and since Khan's last premiership. So, uh, in the following year, 1996. <laughs> the Queen died. In the following year, 1996, Angus Brayshaw, Christian Petrarca, Braden Maynard, Caleb Daniel, and Took Miller were all, bo- all born. I love that you fit Caleb Daniel into that list. Of course, I have to. <laughs> Bailey Dale was also born in the same year, but I didn't add him on there. Since Carlton's last premiership, Jason Castagna was born, won three premierships, and retired. I'm glad it was just retired. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Around the time of Carlton's last premiership, uh, JavaScript was invented and eBay was launched. Going back a fair bit. Uh, The first... (laughs) Leck is dying right now. Chris, can you also not do this for Essendon? (laughs) Please. The the first ever documented internet meme, The Dancing Baby, was released. I'm sure we all know know and remember The Dancing Baby. From Ali McBeal. Was it from Ali McBeal? I did not know that. The Dancing Baby, was that the first ever full CG character or something like that? Wasn't that a, wasn't there some sort of- Potentially. That was Toy Story, stupid. We'll we'll get to that in a second. (laughs) 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 Um, Ask Jeeves was launched uh, in 1996 to no fanfare at all uh, before dying a miserable death and being rebranded to just ask.com 10 years later. Uh, OJ Simpson was found not guilty of murder. <laughs> Why? Why? It Why happened. did you make this? <laughs> it happened just a week after the grand final. It was relevant. Is uh, it? <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, for my segment, which I'm sure Lek is happy to be coming to an end. Uh, Pixar produced their first ever movie, Toy Story, which was released by Disney in November 1950, uh, 1995. And they've since released another 26 movies since last Carlton's last premiership. So it's been a while. I want to I want to pull the kayfabe <laughs> up a little bit. Chris, Chris this week said to Jesse and I, with confidence, I'm going to do something a little different this week. <laughs> <laughs> and we assumed, Chris... Quiet, responsible, a family man. <laughs> the good one. <laughs> the good one. Chris, yes, and now your children will listen to this podcast. <laughs> they could be children supporters. <laughs> they won't be. They won't yeah. be. Can I come back for the yes and an episode? No. Nope. Just unrelated to what, what just happened. I don't do that segment. The Western Bulldogs one's like months away. I'm like, no. <laughs> Anyway, that was uh, the the last grand final segment. Yeah, I thought I was going to bash Jesse today, but Chris, I'm fucking going to kill you. <laughs> and that's been our favourite segment. Chris, bag the guest. <laughs> Red Simon Gong. Sponsored by Vincent's Drugstore. Throwing <laughs> mm. so it back over to Clarky now, because I just can't wait to hear how he pronounces this next segment. Oh, Jesus. Hate Christ. It's time, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for the viewer favourite segment. 
The NBA My Player of AFL. The prestigious. I haven't prepared for it all, but I, I kind of probably should have. That's fine. Well, that works better if you haven't. And Jesse, you can add in the, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire music. Lack, are you ready to build your Flunkenstun? <laughs> this is my 9 11. <laughs> this is my personal 9 11. Okay. <laughs> now, on the Flunkenstun, we build a player based on the best attributes of Carlton players, past and present, limiting it down to head, vibes and hair, body, tackles and strength, arms, marks and handballs, legs, kicking and running, and a modifier, like a special ability. Now, you might remember last week's uh, last week's modifier was, in fact, country roads. <laughs> so, the modifier is really something that can elevate this player. John Denver modifier, level. baby! So, we'll start at the head. Vibes and hair. Gentlemen, what are we thinking? Lek, you're in the hot seat. What, what are we thinking? Who best represents Carlton with their head and face vibes? You're, um... Hair is asking the wrong question. Complexion is the correct question. And they need to be an olive-skinned Italian. That's literally the only answer for this one. Um, pick and choose whichever Silvana you want, but one of them will do. Uh, but, like, specifically, if you're Italian and you play for Carlton, you are the best player in the AFL, even if you're a <laughs> mid-season draftee like Alex Chincotta or a pre-season draftee or whatever he was. Uh if you're Italian, they love you down at Ligon. What about for, for Heron Vibes and Christo? What's he? <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a man. Yeah, but you, you, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. Where, where, where's he from? He had the curly hair, and for some reason, whenever I think of Carlton in the late 90s and early 2000s, I always think of Ange Christo because he's the one that they always used to shout something whenever he got the ball. I can't remember what they used to shout. Oh, woof. Oh, it was Wolf. Adam Saad uh, is the new Woofer. To, to be honest, Ange Christie's act, Chris, Christu's actually a pretty good uh, answer, to be honest with you. That's a surprisingly good answer. He owns a fish and chippery, in, <laughs> which is big. Um, I think that might be on Ligon, or if it's not in Ligon, it's, it's around that area. Guys, I think we've missed the point on this one. Fev, the curls, the vibes are immaculate. See, my fev isn't curly-haired fev. My, my fev is either dreads or later career, I'm going to cut my hair so I look less fat fev. <laughs> Does that work? Uh, I like I like Christian. It will just look more professional, I guess, while he was eating his uh, Big Macs on the way to the game, which is a thing <laughs> that he used to do. <laughs> Ange Christie is a very good good answer. And I can't. And his his legacy sort of lives on. Although you could almost put him in for um for feet because of the wolf. Because Vel Vel Perovic was also was the original wolf. Then it was Andrew Christian. Now it's Adam Saad, who used to be neighbours. Or is is the wolf the modifier? Is it the special? Oh, ability? oh beautiful work, jumping Jesse. That's the wolf has to be the modifier because it gets <laughs> passed on from player to player. Yeah. All right. Technically, we had to we had to had to take a little 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 break there, little bump. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I love that this episode editing gets bagged out so much, and now I have to do more work editing it. This is cruel. This is cruel. I hope you have to listen back to it all. (laughs) I'm going to like twice. (laughs) 
I'm the one who made the most fun of the guest, and I get away scot free. Mm, I'm fucking coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> I like after, 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 after talking about Carlton and a few whiskeys, Lech becomes Mick Gatto. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're in the middle of the flunk and stunk. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> and we were discussing head and vibes. So, and Christo. I think any man who co-owned Suvlaki Hut... Uh, and had a, a woof modifier. I think he's the modifier. I think we've landed on that. I think that's got to be it. Because the woof. Wait, can I suggest something? The woof plus Suvlaki Hut. <laughs> like, if this player could also own shares in Suvlaki Hut, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> hey there, Gorilla. Do you want a banana? <laughs> <laughs> Literally the greatest ad on Australian television. For, for listeners who may not be um, sure what we're talking about here, so. Years ago, how long? Uh, what mid uh, early two thousands? Early two thousands. Early two thousands, easily. Uh, Anthony Kudafiti was in a Suvlaki Hut ad, and we were talking before about um, the dancing baby being the first CGI uh, creation. I believe this uh, banana Suvlaki ape was the second. Where Kuda <laughs> had a discussion with him, and they trade bananas and they trade songs, and it's peak. Australia. So if you haven't heard of it or seen it, please Google that. It's on YouTube. It's in like the top three Australian ads, I reckon. The guys from Weekly, the Weekly Planet or Mr. Sunday Movies, I think they did like a remix review breakdown of it on on their YouTube channel. It's like a half hour long review of the ad breaking down like what each part (laughs) means. One minute ad. (laughs) It's so good. I, I think the modifier is owning shares in Suvlaki Hut. And you know in games where you'd get an achievement by like someone killed you and it was an infection achievement where it would pass on to you? I think our player has the woof as an an infected sort of thing and the next player that we build, the woof will be passed on to them. Come down for that. For hair, hear me out, Craig Bradley. I did think about that. And then I thought about Chris Judd, but I just keep coming back to the fact that it needs to be an olive-skinned man. I don't know if we can mash two faces together. This is your podcast. Why do we pick an olive-skinned body? Uh, because our olive-skinned bodies are not particularly good at other things other than looking pretty would be my argument. Like I told Lorne last week, we're not actually making a player. So you'll be fine. You're not uh, using up a draft. A point. That's a good point. I like Craig Badley because it's terrible. How about yeah. Stephen Kernahan? <laughs> the the mullet. The oh, mullet. His voice box would be good. Him singing Stand By Your Man. That can should we, have been the modifier. Can we have three modifiers? <laughs> <laughs> it's getting complicated. The, vo- the voice box of Stephen Curdahan. The Suvlaki Hut shares of Anthony Kudafidis. <laughs> Rob Schneider is a Carlton player. I was going to say, why does this sound like a South Park episode? When you say Lucky Pl- Lucky Things in. All right, all right. Lucky. Let's be serious. Lucky boy? <laughs> What's the head? <laughs> No, the head. The head is going to be. If I get the say, it's it's going to be um, Stephen Silvani. But Craig Bradley's not going to miss out in this body. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you All right. Flirt, you. Well, <laughs> let's move on to body. Speaking of things you're giving away, uh, tackles and strength. Well, and this is one of my favourite stats, and people get really fucking angry if you say it. But our leading tackler of all time is Ed Kerno, and our second leading tackler of all time is Mark Murphy. And people hate it if you point that out. Uh, it's because they never, really? they didn't all, but they didn't always 
record that stat. So what what's the other skill? What do the what are we doing? Are we doing body? What are we doing right now? Body tackles, body and tackles and strength. Surely one of these, either body or arms, has to be Greg Williams. Well, that's oh. that's what I was gonna, I was going to suggest that Craig Bradley would be uh, arms and that Diesel Williams would be uh, would be body. That was that was going to be my suggestion. The arms of Baby Ruckle or whatever. <laughs> baby Ruckle. The modifier. Ruckle. Bluey yeah, Ruckle. The modifier can be the dead blank stare of Baby Ruckle's eyes. Well, so what's body? Body is strength and tackles. Strength and tackles, yeah. Um, and tackle stat is skewed because because of mod- modern standard, like the way stats are recorded in a modern perspective. Let's go for let's go for body. You know what? Let's give it to the boy. Let's give it to Paddy Cripps. He's he's a he's yes. a big beefy mid. He tackles a shitload. He does. He does the hard yards. What? Okay, let, let's be fair to Paddy Cripps though. What year? Because his body's broken. What <laughs> uh, year was peak Cripps body? I mean, he won the Brownlow, Jesse, yeah. in what last year? The last year was the year before. I thought it was the year 2022 before. Brownlow medalist. Oh, it was last year. That's pretty good, Crips, and I would argue that's actually not Pete Crips. But uh, that's, a, that's I don't, what I'm saying. When, but Crips? yeah, but I don't want to give it to Cripper when we went two and twenty for the year. So let's give it to let's give it to Brownlow medal Crips, please. All right, Brownlow medal modifier. <laughs> I just can't do 20, 2018 Cripper where we were literally two wins. They upgraded my membership for free. The modifier is his back. <laughs> Broken um, all right, now we've got arms, marks, and handballs. Chris, I actually think Sam Walsh was in a bad pick there. I like the handballs. We did Lucky Nil last week because of his handballs. Doesn't necessarily have to be marking. Mm. Sam Walsh, I do, I do like the Craig Bradley suggestion that Lex had as well. Yeah, I think so. Craig Bradley is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth for all time for marks. And second for all time for handballs. So I think Craig Bradley is easily the answer there. Obviously, you could talk about Bruce Dool. Uh, uh, you could talk about, um, uh, fuck, Jezzelinko. There's plenty of names, but I think. Uh, How did we not have Bruce Dool for hair? We oh. are idiots. We are collectively the idiots. The flying doormat. I'm also going to put out there, like, if we're going to talk about marks, Andrew Walker's hands aren't bad. I mean, I've got a. He's the only framed picture I have in my room of a mark. Is Andrew Walker crucifying Jake Carlisle in an Essendon Guernsey? I mean, Stephen Savani's head, Patrick Cripps's body, with Walker's hands taking a specky to Marcus Uvlaki. <laughs> it's not bad. Well, it depends what you want to. What you want to do? Do we rate athletic mark more, or do we rate consistent marking and handballing? Are we a, is this a high ceiling player or is this a high floor player? We didn't expect um, guests to be this well informed. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't think it was we an expectation of the guests. I think it was an expectation of us. <laughs> I mean, I don't want it to just be me. I think Craig Bradley is the obvious answer. I like Craig Bradley as well. Lock it in. Now we've got legs, which is kicking and running. Kicking and running. I reckon you got to pick. You got to pick a forward. You got to get a good kick on him. You think goal, goal kicking's key here rather than field kicking? Is this a good time to bring up the Charlie Curnow video, Lack? Charlie Curnow is the best kick in potentially the AFL uh, in terms of uh, field kick and probably kick for goal. Born in 1997, Charlie. Born in 1997, sent from 
Football heaven, <laughs> Charlie. And surely for kicking and running, I know he was mentioned, he, he was the modifier in the AFL episode, but surely Eddie Betts has a chance here. Well, yeah, but Eddie Betts' best years were, were as an Adelaide player. Yeah. Uh, he was definitely the, the cleanest goal kicker. He's one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh on our all-time goal kicking list. But again, I think, and this hurts me to say, but I think he's an Adelaide player. Yeah, look, when I, when I think of Eddie, I think of Adelaide. I didn't even know he played for Carlton. That's worth pl- wait, wait, played for who? Carlton. Don't even think about him. I mean, he played there for 11 of his I was like, di- 16 you- years, but yeah. You motherfuckers can see my brains only. I'm like, do I set Jesse up for this or not? Like, do I throw him a bone? You've got to go, Kerno. I reckon. I, I, yeah, I want a bit of modern, modern sort of. Because you could talk about Kernahan and Fev and Jezalinko and all that, but what Charlie Kerno did this year and the field kicking where he can k- get the ball to the advantage of a running player 60 metres away is just something else. So we've got Steven Silvani's head, Paddy Cripps' 2022 version, his body, Craig Bradley's arms, Charlie Kerno's legs, and the modifier is the wolf that gets carried on apparently when somebody dies. Yeah, the, the curse. The curse. Plus the curse of Suvlaki Hut shares. And I would like Stephen Kernahan's voice box in there as a oh, final yes. modifier yeah. as well. I It's probably pretty fucked up that, like, Brendan Favola didn't make it. And to be fair, Sauce's head, while I want an Italian complexion, if we have to deal with him as list manager when he retires from the Frankenstein or whatever the fuck you call it. The Flunkenstunk. The Flunkenstunk. That's a downside. That's bad for society. We might have to take the monster out before he retires. The only way we're getting sauce back into the Carlton change rooms is as a Frankenstein monster, okay? There's no other way. (laughs) I should have said sleeves. God damn it. Oh, no. The the assumption here is this player has sleeves. Like, come on. We we know you. He's wearing pants as well. (laughs) Sleeves and pants. Still wearing the (laughs) tracksuit. So... We'll round this off, like, what do Carlton need to do in 2024 to reach the Premiership, to finally make you truly happy to see your dad smirk for the first <laughs> time in his life? Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. They, they probably, and they've tried to address it. I mean, there's not a lot they can do, right? They tried to address it. I think more goals out of small forwards was the thing. And having said that, our forwards kicked the most collective goals they've kicked in about uh, like 23 years or something. I can't remember. I did the maths. So they're not in a bad place, but bringing in Fantasia, bringing in more in the draft or Moya in the draft, um, they've done a couple of things to try, maybe lift the, the upside in that small forward line. Matt always I love, but he's probably not, you know, he's going to kick you a goal a game. Jesse Motlop is flashy and he's going to improve. Corey Durden hasn't shown much. So I think I think they've addressed that. But to be honest, it's just be healthy uh, is is the main thing. They haven't settled. Well, they have settled. I disagree with it on their ruck line being both Pitto and Tom DeConning. But to be honest, they're adding Zach Williams into this team in the half back line. So you're playing Williams instead of a Boyd or Williams instead of a Chin- Chincotta. Um, they, they, there's upside in, in this list. Like I, I was going through the numbers and Lockie Plowman had played more and I love Lockie Plowman. I know most Carlton fans don't. He'd played more games than half of our sort of best players. So 
it's just cohesion and, and, and injury, to be honest. Um, I don't mind their run, but yeah, get a home final, I think is key. I think not having to travel in the finals is going to be a big thing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and being verbally attacked and emotionally abused. Oh, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I've been on 33% of the episodes. So, like, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Don't. Uh, if you want if you want me, if you want to hear me rant and rave about AFL draft and how they're an awful, awful organization, follow me on X or Twitter at Lekdog, L-E-K-D-O-G. I'm always on, go and subscribe to Pommy in Oz on YouTube. He does current content, but he also does general AFL content. I'm on here with him once or twice a week. Blue Abroad, another Carlton channel on YouTube, massive following. I'm on there uh, during the season once a week, off-season, whenever they need someone to talk about fucked things in the AFL. Uh, and follow me on Instagram at Alexi underscore does because I paint Warhammer and I put pictures of it on the internet. And they're very good. Yeah, they're very good. Now, you can find Falcon on Twitter and Instagram at FalconFootyPod. We're FalconFootyPod everywhere. You can also find us individually. Chris is at Lowry underscore 16. Jesse is at Jesse Spanner. And I'm at yep. Quantum JC. We're part of the Story Mode Podcast Network, so you can check out our sister shows, Love Letters, hosted by Jesse. Yes, we're releasing the biggest episode we've done this week. I got to interview one of the crew that made my uh, Game of the Year dredge. So that episode will be up, so please go check it out. Very good game. Very good game. And we also have a real video game podcast, Dialogue Options. The boys over there will sort you out everything video games. Jesse, Chris, anything to add before we head off? I just want to say I'm sorry to Lick. <laughs> it's too late for that. I'm good. I'm not. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. Kick the ball better. Woof. Woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs>